The future is worth it. All the pain, all the tears. The future is worth the fight. The fight to buy products that you're going to find in the future that you're going to really want, that I'm going to help you with. Coming up after this segment, but for starters, welcome to episode 281 of Under the Cull of MS. And we're just going to go shopping down the line and see what's coming out in the future, what you're going to want to buy, what you may not want to buy, what you're going to want to bargain it, what you're going to want to buy it, what you're going to want to skip it. So let's go shopping now. I'm going to tell you how. Come on a shopping safari with me. (laughs) We'll be right back right after this with a bunch of goodies that you can buy in the future. Okay, the next things you can buy are Hellboy and the BPRD 1957 Falling Sky Number 1 One-Shot by Dark Horse Comics. Cryptozoologist Woodrow Woody Ferreira, or Ferrier, joined the BPRD to find exciting and previously undocumented cryptids, but unfortunately most of his cases end in disappointment. But a trip with Hellboy to small-town Virginia, where a huge and mysterious creature stalks the woods, might provide him with just the opportunity he's been waiting for. Hellboy... Uh, but yeah, this... This could be a good one to jump on the Hellboy with. I haven't, I haven't had a good Hellboy book to read in a long time, so... We'll have to see. That one sounds like it could be fun. Okay, we got... I don't understand why this is number 10. Horror Comics number 10, Dracula in West by Arctic Pre- Antarctic Press. I don't remember 1 through 9 being out previously anytime soon, but Dracula in the West, part 1, escaping his final confrontation. Vlad Dracula, Dracula, Dracula has left Transylvania to seek a new tranquil life, which he believes he will find in an American Old West in the dying frontier, village of Pennytown. He does not find it. What does he find, or what he does find, are problems facing sunlight, controlling his instincts, and facing creatures and characters out of local tribal and Mayan legends. See, now you had me at first, but now you kind of pulled me away at the end. You didn't didn't give enough there. You got to give a little better description, a little something that's going to, a little something, something that's going to pull a person into it there. In there, hey. All right. In Every Generation by Hyperion. The first in an all-new series by New York Times best-selling author Kandier Blake continues the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, featuring the next generation of Scoobies and Slayers who must defeat a powerful new evil, a new Slayer for a new generation. Frankie Rosenberg is passionate about the environment, a sophomore at New Sunnydale High School, and the daughter of the most powerful which in Sunnydale history. Her mom, Willow, 
is slowly teaching her magic on the condition that she uses it to better the world. But Frankie's happily quiet life is upended when the new girl, Haley, shows up with news that the annual Slayer convention has been the target of an attack, and all new Slayers, including Buffy, Faith, Haley's older sister, V, might be dead. That means it's time for the Generation Slayer to be born. But being the first ever Slayer Witch means learning how to wield a stake while trying to control her budding powers. With the help of Haley, a werewolf named Jake, and a hot but nerdy sage demon, Frankie must become the Slayer, prevent the health mouth from opening again, and find out what happened to her Aunt Buffy before she's next. Get ready for a whole new story within the world of Buffy. Uh, This I want to check out. I probably will get this just to get the basis of what's going on and see if I like the characters or not. But again, couldn't we just do something else with the witch aspect of it? And maybe she has some other extra powers and stuff like that. Not make her another Slayer. I think it was cooler when the Slayers were from all over the place. Not just the same place, the same town. New Slayers coming from the same group of that had Slayers that were part of a Slayer's life. And it was cool seeing Slayers come from all over different continents and stuff. I thought that was fun. But, yeah. Gotta go this route. But we'll see. I'll still read it. I'll still check it out. Added to the wife's collection. In the Flood trade paperback by Dark Horse Comics. Trapped and separated by an apocalyptic rainfall, Mike and Clara, devoted husband and wife, have sworn to find their way back to one another. But they quickly discover that the rain and their predicament is not what it seems. Can they figure out the grand trick that's being played on them? and overcome it to reunite. In the Flood is the disturbing, surreal graphic... I don't know. Didn't give me enough info. By Dark Horse Comics. Check it out. Uh, We have Joe Hill's Rain. Number one. Lots of rain. (laughs) By Image Comics. Mini series premiere, the first in Chris Ryhall and Ashley Woods' new Zizgy Publishing imprint. Nah, 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 nah. On a seemingly normal August day in Boulder, Colorado, the skies are clear and Honeysuckle Speck couldn't be happier. She's finally moving in with her girlfriend, Yolanda. But their world is literally torn apart when dark clouds roll in and release a downpour of nails splinters of bright crystal that shred the skin of anyone not safely undercover. Rain makes vivid this escalating apocalyptic event as the deluge of nails spreads across the country and around the world, threatening everything young lovers, Honeysuckle and Yolanda, hold dear. So begins a gripping five-issue presentation of New York... And it's Joe Hill, which I've heard has good stuff. I don't know. 
sounds like something. <laughs> if you want something that sounds fun, Junior High Horrors Karate Kai number one. And I haven't read it yet, but just knowing it's Junior High Horrors after reading that last one that I just did not long ago, this was fun. So I'm looking forward to this now, too. This is by Keen Spot Entertainment. The little monsters from Gateland Middle School are back, and they're getting tired of being bullied all the time. So what do you do when you want to stand up for yourself? Go to the principal and tell him what's going on. Of course not. You learn karate. Parodying a 38-year-old movie isn't enough, so we're going all out on spoofing that and a hit streaming show. The industry's first dyslexia-family-friendly comic book is back, and this time they're finishing things at the first-ever Gatlin Karate Tournament. <laughs> it's a, I can't wait. That's got to be my number one pick so far out of all this stuff. Out of this catalog. <laughs> uh, Juniper number one by Scout Comics. Juniper is the only human girl on the planet of Nerth. Accompanied by her loyal robotic pal, she embarks on an adventure to discover what happened to her banished friend. She accidentally becomes embroiled in a larger mystery. A malevolent, a malevolent spirit has dark plans for the universe, and Juniper's actions have made her an obstacle, an irritation. This evil being plans to eliminate. Enjoy the first issue of this nonstop title following the entire story collected soon after in one volume. Looks like it could be fun, but again, why does it have to be a human girl? That'd just be an alien girl. And you get to learn about another race or another planet. But it still sounded kind of fun. One last one here. Justice League vs. The Legion of Superheroes, number one by DC Comics. 1,000 years in the future, a legion of superheroes comes together to dedicate their lives to recapturing the great age of heroes of the 21st century. When the heroes discover that reality is falling, falling to a great darkness in both times simultaneously, the Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes must team up to stop it all. But what is the connection between the secrets of the new gold lanterns and the coming of the great darkness? It's probably because you dumbasses opened up a rift in the world by time travel or some stupid thing like that. Alright, we'll get back to you with more stuff sometime soon. Alright, let's get to the goodies. King Jira. One shot by Scout Comics. King Jira, the king of monsters, has escaped from his prison and he is causing panic in the city. The reason for his fury is simple. The king is hungry. And we all know what king's food is, don't we? Simple. The pizza. King Jira, or King Jiri, or King Jira. Hungry Like a Monster is a funny tribute to kaiju genre. It does actually sound kind of fun. 
to one shot. Might have to get that. I haven't got anything kaiju in a long time. And the last thing I got was my Godzilla card set. Alright, Lady Death. Keeping going with the two shots. We got Lady Death Cataclysmic Majesty number one of two by Coffin Comics. Deathocalypse. An official year-long event begins here. Caprice's mental manipulation unleashed Lady Death's evil side, and New Orleans paid the price in wanton death and destruction. Recovered, Lady Death is now seen worldwide as a villain to be feared and eliminated. Meanwhile, the extinction-level villain, Insurrectus, and his new mate, Atrocity, plan to usher in a new horrific age of terror. Can the diva of death overcome this catastrophic crusade she struggles against? Her own wicked appetites? Or are we all doomed once and for all? I mean, they're first realizing Lady Death is now seen worldwide as a villain. I mean, she's been trying to destroy the world for how long? <laughs> Just now notice it? Dummies. But I'm assuming that's going to keep running off the last two two-issue run that I just finished off, so I will probably jump on that one, too. We also have Lady Death, Extinction Express, number one, premiere edition by Coffin Comics. After a 20-year spellbound slumber, Lady Death awakens, armed with her new sword, Chaos. She wreaks havoc and rescues Jake, an innocent boy dragged to hell. Meet she met an ally, Haxon, and faced the nefarious Hellwitch. Naturally, Lady Death prevailed, ultimately decimating the city damnation and expressing the great Hellborn, or and embarrassing the great Hellborn. Months have passed since. The premiere edition is a premium square-bound graphic novel containing all 48 pages of the story. So that's the one I just read, just put together in one issue instead of two is what I'm... Uh, you people. <laughs> they have a Lady Death Goddess Bag set, four comics from Boundless Comics. They have a Lady Death Groovy Bag set, four count from Boundless Comics. They have a Lady Death No Hope Prism set of three comics. They have a Lady Death Quest leather set of three comics. They have a Lady Death School Days bag set of four comics that you can bulk your collection up with. I don't know why <laughs> these are still coming out, but there is a Laurel and Hardy Sons of the Desert number one by American Mythology. <laughs> That's another fine mess you've gotten me into. The comedy duo of Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy return with a brand new comic book special. This issue is a tribute to their famous Sons of the Desert film that gives writers Jordan Gershowitz and S.A. Check an incredible opportunity to tell new stories inspired by a groundbreaking movie. By this groundbreaking movie. In Pharaoh for a Day and Sons of the Desert, we enjoy brand new stories featuring the transcendent stylings 
It's got three. Oh, why don't you tell us what the stories are about? Quit talking about all the people in it and covers and all that crap. <laughs> it's got a three-issue cover release, but they only offer you one cover. Uh, all right, we got Maestro World number or Maestro World War M number one by Marvel Comics. The final chapter of Peter David's Maestro trilogy begins. AIM, the Pantheon, and even Dr. Doom have all fallen before the might of the Maestro. Finally, he may now reign over his kingdom with a firm green fist, except he didn't count on the abomination rising from the dead and forming an alliance with Namor and Doom. And this dangerous new alliance is ready for war. World War M. Yeah, I haven't followed any of this maestro character, so don't know if I'm into it or not. There's a Marauders Annual Number 1 by Marvel Comics. A new crew sets sail with Kate Pride at the helm. The Marauders are ready to renew their mission of mutant rescue. She's got the mission. All she needs now is a new boat and a fresh crew to match. Pride and Bishop must unite a crew of mutants, new and old, to spring Dakin from imprisonment at the hands of the leader who's as cruel as he is charismatic. The primal provocateur known as Brimstone Love. It's the Marauders versus the Theater of Pain, a tortured troupe that set up shop in Xavier School's Old Backyard. Come aboard for the first adventure as Steve Orlando takes the helm with our seafaring mutants. And they're getting into Dakin's storylines again. So that would that kind of pulls me in there, but I don't know. I got a bunch of Marauders stuff. I should read it one of these days. Uh, Marvel Shang-Chi Morris standy not sure how tall it's going to be maybe only about three feet or so but by advanced graphics i love the standees like i said stick them in someone's doorway and scare the shit out of them (laughs) great way to give someone a present uh mary jane and black cat beyond number one one shot black cat has been kidnapped and the only person who can save her is Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane has never liked Felicia Hardy, and now she has to save her life. But remember, this is the black cat we're talking about. Things are never quite what they seem. Meh. For if you didn't get into that, Mirka Andolfo's Sweet Paprika, they got a Volume 1 trade paperback out now by Image, so you can get the first part of the set run all in one book. And there's Monkey Meat, number one, by Image. Let's see. We got the Monkey Meat Company made its fortune selling cans of processed meat all around the world. Using that monkey to or that money to fuel their wacky experiments. 
They turn their native island into a magical hyper-capitalist hellscape where even demons have to pay rent. Follow the lives of the creatures of Monkey Meat Island in this fun, action-packed romp. Each issue in its own story. With this follow-up to Dejalaya, Juniba delivers a smart, funny, and drop-dead gorgeous, gorgeous satire of capitalism, climate annihilation, and perpetual content culture proving once again that he is one of the most exciting cartoonists working today. I I don't know. (laughs) I thought it sounded like one I'd be into until I read it. And I got New Men, number one of four, from Danger Zone. It's the near future. And those who face death without fear are given the abilities of gods, superpowers. People are trying themselves to train track, tying themselves to train ta- tracks, and running into burning buildings to gain these powers. Few succeed, most die. Those that succeed are new men, but they're hunted down by the badass bounty hunter. Shade. Dive headfirst in this mind-blowing world of biopunk superhero, hero, superhuman action straight from the amazing first-time African creators, Adele and Akandel. I just, nah. And you give let give people hope of getting superpowers. They're gonna do a lot of stupid shit to try and get those superpowers. That's common sense. All right, we'll be back with more goodies soon. See if we can find anything fun to buy. Orange Blossom Monkey Clan, number one, by Keen Spot Entertainment. Kubert grad Eric Kloss expands the world of ninjas and robots, bringing his brand of action-packed punk rock art to the Orange Blossom Monkey Clan. These samurai monkeys were trained to guard the southern islands of Mount Kumo. But after generations of peace, many have abandoned the way of the warrior. Now that danger looms on the horizon, a small crew of counterculture monkeys are ready to prove that they have kept their battle skin skills sharp. And just the name alone pulls me in, but... Ninjas and robots sounded always decent. I never, I don't know if I, I think I actually have one of the trade paperbacks, but still haven't read it. Panta Volume 3, number one by Dynamite Entertainment. A cruel Egyptian queen eternally cursed to transform into a savage beast for millennia. Panta has endeared her punishment for angering a powerful goddess hiding herself away from the world and the ugliness of her humanity. But now someone, something is killing the gods. And now so it falls upon Pantha to save the Pantheon. In exchange for her help comes the promise of redemption and freedom from her curse. But even that comes with a price. 
featured in her own series for the first time in a decade and spinning out of the pages of Sacred Six. Panthers back. She was fun in the Sacred Six, Secret Six comics. Sacred Six. <laughs> but, yeah. Could be good. Paranormal Hitmen. Trade paperback by Behemoth Entertainment, LLC. The Sopranos meets Ghostbusters in this action comedy starring Gene Rizzo and Devin Grace. Two hitmen working for the infamous mobster Alfonso Carboni. After being recruited into a mysterious government agency, not only will Gene and Devin have to hunt and kill ghosts, they'll have to dodge Alfonso Carboni and his men. Just not into the whole gangster shit anymore. But that could be fun. Past Last Mountain, number one of four by Comics Experience. Half a century ago, the United States rounded up and imprisoned all the fantasy creatures that lived amongst us. Now a fawn, a dragon, and an adorable troll boy have escaped confinement and are on the run from the United States Army. Plus, we take you back to the war with short stories written... uh, It's basically done by Paul Allor and Louis Joyce. Strange name. Alright, we got Peacemaker. Disturbing the Peace, number one, one-shot by DC Comics. This looks like something that I previewed earlier. Long before joining the Suicide Squad, Christopher Smith, codenamed Peacemaker, uh, this big bag of dicks, <laughs> meets with a psychiatrist, a woman dangerously obsessed with his bizarre and violent past, from his tragic childhood to his military service overseas to his multiple missions with special forces. Smith has more than his share of skeletons in the closet. But who's actually analyzing whom? And will this trip down memory lane result in yet more fatalities? Yeah, I just cannot get it. I would... If they would have used someone else in the movie, I probably wouldn't hate Peacemaker as much. But I don't know. I think I still would. John Cena kind of ruined it for me. They have a Peanuts trade paperback. It's a dog's life, Charlie Brown, featuring cartoons from the 1960 to 62 by Titan Comics. And we have Per Triangle Number 1 by Scout Comics. So let's say you have a real thing about paranormal investigation. And let's also say that you have a good friend who is the Mothman. And he has a GPS that works through time. What would you do? Well, if you're the Perhapanauts, you'd round up the gang and head back to Van Meter, Iowa. 
1903, to find out just who or what was the mysterious band meter visitor, which they do in an all-new, perhaps non-stop number one. I want to read something with the Parapanots, but this is time travel, so it pulled me away. Had me in the beginning. You know, you're probably a mock man. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Just haven't listened to Kyle. Kyle King do his little mock man. Uh, thing on his podcast. It's always fun to see when hear when Mothman shows up when Kyle goes to the bathroom or something. (laughs) I don't know if you know anything about Prison Pit, but they have a Prison Pit Complete Collection Trade Paperback by Fantagraphics. It's a planet full of repugnant intergalactic criminals, drug-filled slugs, and now cannibal fuckface. (laughs) From 2009 to 2018, the crudely manic pen and mind of Johnny Ryan documented mayhem and mutilation. I just, I don't know anything about these comics, but it's just got a bunch of stuff from it. And it's a master class in comic storytelling and has earned a place in the comics canon. I just wish I knew what those characters are about, so I'd have to see that on a shelf before I could jump in it at a $30 price tag. But if you know it and you like it, you can buy it soon. That P.S. Art Books Psycho Magazine, number one by P.S. Art Books. Skywald Psycho number one, published in January 1971, is a black-and-white comic magazine absolutely packed full of horror and suspense. If you're brave enough to take a peek, we've got the skin and bone syndrome, the glycerine death, and I painted only terror. The thing in the mirror, the steps in the cellar, and then there's Cicero. And it's got a bunch of different little stories in here, it sounds like. Could be interesting. Sure, it's standard oldie-style horror comics. They're always interesting to read. Then we got Quad Number 1 by Behemoth Entertainment, LLC. In the last decades of the 21st century... A massive solar storm hit planet Earth, destroying all technology in its way. Global communications were lost. Nuclear reactors collapsed. The climate suffered the worst drastic changes, and financial systems were gone. The survivors had to adapt to the harsh new reality. New societies were built over the ruins of those that crumbled. Four generations have passed, and the mechanic Tara and her black cat Elvis accept a quick and simple repairing job in the middle of nowhere. There's something odd about this job. It's never really simple. Of course. All right. I think we can 
leave it there and get back with more right in the near future. Reanimator, World of Cthulhu, Eternal Lie by Dynamite Entertainment is something you may want to buy in the future. Now, this one's kind of confusing, but because the cover has Vampirella and stuff on it and Purgatory, I don't know if they're in this. I'm not sure what's going on with it. But the mad scientist, West, has returned. And with his glowing reanimation serum stolen by an insidious, insidious cult, he must travel to the infamous New England town of Innsmouth, Innsmouth to search for his magical elixir. The haunted township is home to degenerate townsfolk lurking in the dark and nefarious elder ghosts that West has to navigate around to achieve his goal. The story connects West's unholy experiments to Lovecraft's greater Cthulhu mythology and launches a fresh cycle of reanimator tales. I wish they'd give you a page count or something because it's got a $50 price tag, which is like, wow. <laughs> I don't know why it's so pricey. And the cover is not that great if that's why it's doing it. But there's a Red Sonia 45th anniversary collector statue by Frank Thorne, Berserker variant, black and white artist proof by Dynamite Entertainment. And it's awesome looking, but it's got an awesome price tag too. Uh, Rick and Morty presents Heretics of Rick, number one by Oni Press. When Rick finds the source of a new, incredibly powerful substance, he lays claim to an entire planet in order to corner the market. But Rick and Morty aren't the only ones on the recently renamed Ericus, and the original inhabitants aren't going to go away quietly. Rick and Morty become embroiled in the local political and religious struggle and must escape not only with their lives, but with their minds intact. And then we got Robin Hood, Home Sweet Home, number one, by Xenoscope Entertainment. Take aim, and don't miss this oversized 32-page issue. After all the roadblocks and hellish delays she has had getting back home, thanks to Smitty, Robin would love more than anything to just relax, but she has a few issues she's determined to square away first. Robin will stop at nothing to get to the bottom of Smitty's recent motives, and she might not be ready for what she finds. Robin Hood's been fun to read the little bit I have. Definitely like that character. You want to read more. Sabretooth, Volume 4, Number 1, by Marvel Comics. This is a character I never really liked. <laughs> Down in a hole, Sabretooth went into the pit. Sentenced to an eternity of torment. Sure, that sounds like hell. But maybe that's where he feels most at home. What's he been doing down there? What secret deal has changed his fate forever? And what if he's not alone? Uh, 
Yeah. He deserves to suffer in a pit of hell, but he is the type that would enjoy it. Sartorial Geek number one by Scout Comics. Your favorite geeky lifestyle magazine is back and better than ever. The Sartorial Geek or Sartorial Geek presents a best of compilation featuring old favorites like articles on fictional style icons, a Sabrina Spells Spellman cosplay tutorial, and an interview with comic book and television writer Kelly Sue DeConnick. Also discover their new soon-to-be-favorite Scout comic, starting with an excerpt from Steak featuring a vampire bounty hunter trying to track down the bloodthirsty monsters who destroyed her. Interesting. Don't know nothing about that. It's got some interesting stuff in it. School Bites Studio Deluxe Edition by Broadsword Comics. What do you get when you cross Harry Potter, Anne Rice, and a dash of John Hughes? You get Holly G's School Bites. Follow Sherry Creeper as she discovers that there is indeed a school to teach fledgling vampires to drink responsibly and eat cupcakes. The format will be 64 pages. Yeah. Don't know nothing about it. Looks more like fairies than vampires by the cover. Alright. We got She-Hulk Volume 4 Number 1 by Marvel Comics. The best character ever is back in her own series about to glam up the whole Marvel Universe. She's got a career to rebuild, friends to connect with, and maybe represent in a court of law, and enemies to, well, she may not want to connect with them, but they are definitely going to connect with her. And the last page of this first issue is going to send Jen down a road she's never traveled. And that will shake up her life and possibly the whole Marvel Universe. Oh, no. Say it isn't so. I like this She-Hulk character that I've been catching some things on. Shelter Division number one by Source Point Press, number one of three. A mastermind is plotting to conquer our very existence. The government has recruited the most abnormal beings to fight the, uh, this abnormal threat. And those who were the investigated have been given shelter and become the investigators. Chaplin, Biggs, and Roswell take on a mission that runs deeper than they could have imagined. Action-packed from the beginning to the end. I don't know these characters. They make me think I'm supposed to. We have Silk, Volume 4, Number 1, by Marvel Comics. Silk is back. Cindy Moon returns as the web-spinning spider hero, Silk, in an all-new, all-star series. As Silk gains popularity in the public eye, Cindy is questioning her place in the world. But existentialism 
We'll have to wait when a powerful new villain is turned loose in a race against the clock. Silk discovers the dangers of ancient Korean magic and social media. Don't miss the comic's debut of stunning story letter, storyteller Emily Kim and the return of legendary comic artist Takeshi Maeza. I do like the way this character is portrayed. I'm kind of curious. I haven't really got much of the character in the past. So. Now this one I did consider just because a friend does their November reread of all the Silver Surfers and stuff. I thought eventually maybe I should jump on it and then maybe start on a newer run of it. But Silver Surfer Rebirth number one by Marvel Comics. They're back. No, we don't mean the guys on the cover. We're talking about legendary creators Ron Mars and Ron Lim returning to tell a story set during their fan favorite run of Silver Surfer. Someone has stolen the reality gem, an object that allows the user to fulfill any wish, no matter the consequences. But whoever has taken it is doing things like bringing back the dead hero, Captain Marvell. It's up to Silver Surfer to team up with the latest likely of allies, Thanos, to find the gem and restore reality to its proper form. Uh, The storyline pulled me away, though, damn it. I was thinking about it. (laughs) There is a Something is Killing the Children Slaughter Pack number one bundle by Boom Studios. Looks like you get numbers one through five in there. There are a variety of things. Uh, it is a series that I considered jumping on, but never did. There's a South Park Monopoly board game. And you gotta have got to have Kyle, Kenny, and Cartman and the gang. And we have... Uh, we'll leave it there. We'll get back with a little more in a bit. To space and beyond. Let's go into space and buy some goodies. Space Bastards. Special delivery by Humanoids Publishing. A special extra-sized one-shot from the mad minds behind Space Bastards. Postmaster General Roy Sharpton must rely on an untested green recruit to save the Intergalactic Postal Service. A fledgling entrepreneur crosses path with a trio of bastards. Planetary authorities try to get some answers after innocents are gunned down in a feathery neon pink bloodbath. Three short stories featuring art by Gabo Bukuk and the legendary Simon Bisley, all under a cover of Glenn Fabry. And I kind of want it, but I don't know. I never got any old Space Bastard comics, so... Don't know if it's worth jumping on to that one right there. Uh, that... We don't need to talk about that's ongoing spawn number 326. Still a great run. 
Uh, Spider-Man Venom has a 24-inch canvas wall art you can pick up. Star Trek The Next Generation has a Best of Captain Picard book by DW Publishing, which I don't know why anybody would want it, but I'm sure there's fans out there that would like it. I just can't find Star Trek fans that actually purchase stuff. <laughs> Star Wars Halcyon Legacy Number 1 by Marvel Comics. The Voyages of the Greatest of All Star Cruisers. As the legendary Halison embarks on a momentous cruise, the ship heads towards a confrontation with the First Order. But what secret from the High Republic era can help the passengers and crew all these years later? And how did Jedi Nibs and Burry fend off a Nihil attack on one of the ship's first ever voyages? I don't know. But what's this sword-wheeling, laser-sword Chewbacca-looking character on the cover? I want to know about that character. I guess you got to read it to find out. Then they have a Star Wars High Republic Adventures Galactic Bake Off special one-shot, number one, by IDW Publishing. Torban, Buckets of Blood, Buck and Bantam, Sci face off in a brutal, intense, ruthless bake-off. Lightsabers and Jedi robes are put aside in favor of whisks and aprons as the two competitors bake Master Yoda's special pastry recipe. But the recipe requires one extra special ingredient, a story. Buckets of blood and cantum recruit the, recount the tale of an Epic battle as they whisk away, both hoping to win the prize of Padawan approval. It's... They also have where you can bake Master Yoda's pastries yourself with a recipe included in the back, of course. But yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of fun. I might. Nah, I don't know. I'm so far behind on the High Republic stuff. They also they keep coming out with it. That's the problem. Here's Star Wars High Republic Eye of the Storm number one by Marvel Comics. Act one. Row. The truth. The lie. The kill. In which we reveal the true origins of Martian Row. The Eye of the Nihil. And sworn enemy of the Jedi Order in which the lie at the heart of the family is exposed, in which the doom of the High Republic begins with a single kill. And then there's a Star Wars Yoda one for me, book by Chronicle Books. Tell the person you love that Yoda one for me with this sweet book featuring beloved Star Wars characters and heartfelt funny sentiments and artwork on the theme of love and friendship. From BB-8 holding a rose, I am the droid you're, you are looking for. To an Obi-Wan for me, box of chocolates, a retro video game style Vader surrounded by, uh, by hearts, Baba Fett as Cupid, and Chewbacca holding the Wookiee 
to your heart. <laughs> this charming collection of art created by the Lucasfilm staff and fan favorite artist Jeffrey Brown and Katie Cook is the perfect gift for a special someone in your own galaxy not far away. Isn't that special? <laughs> That'd be a good gift for someone in a new relationship. Some young young adults. Alright, we got Stealing Oz, number one of four, by Bad Kids, LLC. Dorothy, the cowardly lion and the scarecrow, embark on a life of crime in our world and can only be stopped by the ones who know them best, the Tin Man and TikTok. Part Point Break, Part the Godfather, mashed up with the Wizard of Oz, Magic and mayhem collide to create the perfect crime. And then we got Superman and Robin, special number one, one shot. They're not a team. By DC Comics. As the Super Sons, John Kent and Damian Wayne put evil to bed, past its bedtime but a new day has dawned and john kent is now the superman of metropolis all growing up and fighting for truth justice and the kinds of grown-up things that superboy was only beginning to understand as a child now a ghost from john's past has reared its head and the and to battle this evil he'll need to reunite with robin for one last mission into the heart of darkness. This time they'll be battling not as Super Sons, but as Superman and Robin. And who knows what will come of the future. Sword of Hyperborea, Perborea, Perborea, Hyperborea, Sword of Hyperborea number one. By Darkness, by Dark Horse Comics. Oh my God! I think it's getting time to quit talking. From the Ancient Warrior, Agent Howard's the iconic Hyperborean sword from the world of Hellboy has landed in many influential hands, and this has been no accident. Trace the sword's path through the adventures and encounters that finally brought it to Ragnarok. At the end of the world, and the witness the sword's journey through history. I don't know enough about the stories lying behind the sword, so I guess I can't really get into it there. Tales Told in Techno Horror, Season 2, Number 1 by Scout Comics. Tales Told in Techno Horror returns for a second season, continuing the trend of jumping between subgenres of horror effortlessly. Season 2 includes Tales from the Dark Ages, The Wild West, and a nod to the 80s slashers and classic horror comics of the 60s and 70s, before finishing on a meta story about comic book artists, all whilst giving it the unique Techno Horror spin. Includes a mini pinup gallery of horrors. Nice. 
don't have the first one. So. <laughs> don't know why they're coming out with that now. If I haven't seen the first one. Uh, they have a Thing Infection at Outpost 31 board game by USAopoly. That could be kind of fun. There's an Unholy POV Covers Bag Set, 5 Count by Boundless Comics. And I think I will end it there and do one more last run of items right after this. All right. Bloody Knuckles time. Until My Knuckles Bleed, number one by Behemoth Entertainment, LLC. Something you might want to buy. Or not. Uh, the 90s were the most extreme age of the superheroes, but times change. Gavin Hart, a.k.a. Damager, now works as a bouncer in a strip club managed by the Russian mob. Hangs out sporadically with his ex-avenge lady and wrestles within the long-term effects of his cyber implants. But fate always keeps one last cheap shot up its sleeve for a hero. Victor Santos is an established creator that worked at most of the major comics. But, uh, don't need to know that much information about them. I want more of the story. That's what sells it to me. Isaji Yojimbo's got a new run started called Lone Goat and Kid Number 1 by IDW Publishing. Presented in all new color, the next series of classic Usagi reprints focuses on a series of important short stories from the early days of the Ronin Rabbit's adventures. In this first issue, Frost and Fire, Usagi is tasked with retrieving a slain samurai's swords if he can solve an impossible moral quandary first. It's more of the reprints. I was hoping it was a new story. But, oh well, what you gonna do? Then we have... Nope, that's the number two. Van Helsing Return of the League of Monsters. Don't need that. We have Voice of the Fire... 25th Anniversary Edition by IDW Publishing Top Shelf Productions. Discover the astonishing first prose novel from the legendary author of Watchmen and from Hell, an epic yet intimate portrait of a single English town across the whole span of human history. The precursor to, to Jerusalem in a story full of lust, madness, and ecstasy. We meet 12 distinctive characters that live in the same region of central England over the span of 6,000 years. Their narratives are woven together in patterns of recurring events, strange traditions, and uncanny visions. First, a cave boy loses his mother, falls in love, and learns a deadly lesson. He is followed by an extraordinary cast of characters, a murderess who impersonates her victim, a fisherman who believes he has become a different species, a Roman emissary who believes the bitter truth about the empire, a crumbled nun who is healed miraculously, 
by a disturbing apparition, an old crusader whose faith is destroyed by witnessing the ultimate relic, two witches, lovers, who burn at the stake. Each interconnected tale traces a path in a journey of discovery of the secrets of the land. Throughout the image of the fire resonates between the tales, while Moore finds a different voice for each character through most are inherited duplicious in some manner, leading to a further commentary on a disparity between myth and reality and which is more likely to endure over time. Wow. That's a lot of reading for me not to understand anything that's going on in that story. <laughs> they have a War Stories Nose Art 1 to 6 bag set, 6 count, by Avatar Press. They also have War Stories Nose Art 13 to 19 bag set, and War Stories Nose Art 20 to 26 bag set, War Stories Nose Art 7 to 12 bag set. All by Avatar Press. And then, talking about the standees earlier. These are some fun ones to stick in people's doorways. So they're staring them in the face when they come home. You got WB, the Suicide Squad 2 Harley Quinn standee by Advanced Graphics. They also have the WB, the Suicide Squad 2 Ratcher 2 standee. I don't like that she doesn't have a rat with her. And this is the one you definitely want to buy about 10 of and stick in all your friends' doorways. WB, the Suicide Squad 2 Weasel Standy by Advanced Graphics. That's <laughs> so freaky looking. Then we have White River Monster number one by Blood Moon Comics. The White River Monster has eluded people for over a century. Manhunts were brought to a fever pitch in New York, Arkansas, or in Newport, Arkansas, where people descended on a small town determined to prove the existence of the river monster. But it went unfound for years. Sightings were reported up and down the White River, but no physical evidence ever came forth. Soon the monster faded into obscurity, and was dismissed as a legend never to be solved until now. Uh, and we got World of Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number 116 by Archie Comics. Brand new story. Archie decides that Valentine's Day has become too materialistic. So he's going to show Betty and Veronica he cares without spending a dime. Little does he know, Betty and Veronica have decided to join forces to surprise Archie with a super lavish Valentine's gift. This might turn out to be a Valentine's Day to remember. But maybe not for the reasons anyone would have hoped for. I mean, come on, Archie, get your head out of your ass. Number one, you're trying to do two gals, sometimes more. <laughs> and you can't put out a little bit of cash to get him something nice. 
and then they're ganging up to get you something together. It's like, why don't you just go with the threesome and be done with it? It's like, quit this fighting over the relationship status. Next up, we got X Deaths of Wolverines, number one by Marvel Comics. Week two. If Wolverine's future lies in the past, what does that mean for the present? The reciprocal series to X-Lives of Wolverine, X-Deaths of Wolverine, is can't-miss reading. Chock full of revelations for the best there is, as well as the fate of mutant kind. Now, this was X-Deaths of Wolverine number one. They also have X-Deaths of Wolverine number two. And they have X-Lives of Wolverine number one. And X-Lives of Wolverine number two. Which I'm guessing is week one, maybe. The biggest Wolverine story of all time begins here, week one. So yes, this is the one you want to read before the other one. Logan James Hollett, Weapon X, the mutant best known as Wolverine, has lived many lives under many identities and in many places, but never before has the fate of future of the future been so entwined with the past. Fan favorite eras of Wolverine saga are explored anew, along with never before seen episodes, as Logan must travel to various points in time to present the death of a key figure in mutant history. But these lives are only one side of the story. But here, for the start of the time-shredding saga across all of Wolverine's history and future yet to come. I hate that there's time travel in it. I was thinking about buying all four of them, but now I'm kind of debating. Maybe not. We'll see. But that's it for the goodies now that you can buy in the future. And when we find out some more, we'll tell you about those too.